I'd like to acknowledge Australia's First Nation people as the traditional custodians of the land, and for this episode in particular, the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I think Australia used to be uh, following, you know, what the world was doing, but now everyone's looking to us. We honestly have some of the best bars in the world, um, the best restaurants in the world. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of countries are now starting to look to us to what we're doing. This is Over a Glass. I'm Shante Whale. Trish Brew is the brand ambassador for the well-known and loved Fever Tree, one of the world's premium mixer brands. Trish has extensive experience in hospitality and behind the bar, most notably as gin bar manager at Gin Palace. Hi, Trish. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. It's our pleasure. Now, you recently finished judging the Australian Gin Awards. Are you all ginned out or is that not even like remotely possible to happen? Look, it's a hard job, but someone has to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I really love judging gin competitions. Um, it's so much fun. It really gets to test your knowledge and your palate at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I really did enjoy that. Um, it did take uh, quite a lot of time. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's good to reset my palate, maybe with uh, a whiskey or something else, and um, <laughs> I'm back into it for sure. I'm familiar with wine judging and I um, judged for Drink Easy, but I haven't ever just done a spirit judging. Is it similar in that you kind of get a lineup of blind gins, you go in, you write your notes, you have a panel and you kind of discuss at the end kind of what you've awarded it and why? Absolutely. And you typically have um, someone else um, with you. So you get to compare notes and talk it through and um, then you might meet in the middle where one of you might really like it, one of you might not like it so much, but you always have points on why um, and, you know, whether it's to your palate or not, like if it's a good quality spirit uh, and, you know, it, it seems to be made well and has a good flavour, then, yeah, they tend to do quite well. So, um, yeah, with gin, you know, as you know, there's so many different flavours out there. So uh, it is a bit of a challenge sometimes, but yeah, it's, it's a really exciting one. So, Australian gin's gone through the roof. So I imagine there's so many different styles, like you said, and so many different botanicals you can use, especially with our Australian, um, you know, indigenous botanicals that, you know, you don't see in the rest of the world. Are you a big gin drinker yourself? Huge gin drinker um, now. <laughs> when I started, I, um, you know, working in hospitality, I really thought I didn't like gin, actually. Um, and that actually came down to the mixer. So I <laughs> can't wait to tell you a bit more about my journey with that and um, a little bit about my job now as the ambassador of Fever Tree. But, um, yeah, when starting with gin, I think it was like the classic style of gin, like London Dry, um, like your Tanquerays, your Bombays, your Gordons and things like that. That's actually my favorite style now um really classic juniper driven and it's really nice to see some australian distillers like pulling in some of those more interesting botanicals but you know paying homage to that style yeah i've had a funny journey with gin too and i definitely agree with you it got to a point where i stopped enjoying gin based on the the mixer and the tonic and so i'm so keen to hear about that but just for everybody listening tell me a little bit about how you got your start in hospitality how you got your way to work behind the bar how did that all come about it's a bit of a funny one actually and i never really thought growing up that I was going to work in hospitality. 
it was one of those things that you kind of fall into and um, I actually was studying um, in my early years and I thought I actually wanted to be a chef because I really love flavor growing up and my father always introduced uh, my sister and I to interesting flavors and uh, was really adventurous in that sense so I kind of always thought oh I really love flavor you know when I was a kid I used to love like being in the kitchen with my mom and you know cooking and I thought yeah I'm gonna be a chef um, so we moved to Melbourne um, as a family from Brisbane and uh, Melbourne just this like culinary scene um, that I got to explore from the get um, and I was like yeah this is great you know I love trying all these new flavors I'm gonna be a chef um, my parents actually moved out of home I always say I moved out of home at an early age but my parents actually moved back to Queensland I'm like I'm gonna stay here and I hadn't finished high school yet so I went and did a TAFE course and I started um, doing my chef apprenticeship um, then I realized that I had zero patience <laughs> And I really love flavor and um, started working in a restaurant and I was too young to serve drinks at the time, um, sub 18. And then by the time I got to 18, I was like, you know what, I want to be behind that bar. The bartenders look really cool, like still experimenting with flavor. And I really fell into it that way. Um, and, you know, I worked in other in other career paths along the way but I always had like a job on the side like whether it be in a bar or in a nightclub or just something that I could fill my weekends with and yeah I just you know you when you find something you love you just stick with it um and yeah I haven't looked back since um and actually after that I I I've actually here's, here's a fun thing I've never applied for a job that I've had I've always had people approach me and say hey you should come work here with us oh you'd be great here or what have you and I just have always gone yeah okay I'll give it a shot and like moved on to the next thing um that's actually how I got my job at Gym Palace where you know I was a whiskey drinker at the time because I thought I didn't like gin um and that was because of the tonic and so it was kind of awkward like working in a gin bar trying to sell gin to people. And this was like 2010, before the gin boom really took off in Australia. So it was like selling ice to Eskimos. People were like, no, I want a whiskey or I want a vodka in Gin Palace, right? So pretty challenging time. And I thought I didn't like gin. I was a whiskey drinker. And then I uh, remember Fever Tree coming into the country and I tried what I like to consider my first real gin and tonic and the penny really dropped for me and um, I did a little bit of research into into fever tree and I was like oh it's good quality ingredients you know and 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 then I haven't looked back and it's become my favorite drink and I've pursued you know um, trying to find the world's best gin and tonic ever since I suppose um, but yeah it's it's just it's such a wide world now since the gin boom and started in 2011 I think there was only a handful of Australian gins and now there's like 300 different you know gin producing distilleries in Australia it's pretty wild yeah I can't agree more it's exploded and I think what I've really enjoyed seeing is also people's reactions to someone that kind of just yeah went in and bought their staples and always sticked with the same brand but now has maybe you know three or four gins in their house and I think for a lot you know for a lot of Australians you kind of would you know look at a bar and see the same old kind of Kahlua and Tia Maria and then 
you know, Malibu. And, and now these days you see all these artisan and different craft gins and whiskies and people are happy to have multiple bottles because they're happy to try different um, spirits based on how they're feeling and what kind of company they have. And they've really embraced um, spirits in a different way. Look, absolutely. And when it comes to gin or even just Australian made products, um, you know, there really is one out there for everyone in the category. Um, I think we're really adventurous with flavor here because Australians really love to travel. You know, I am actually having to stop going on social media because I have no travel plans booked, but everyone's going away on these fabulous holidays. One of the best things about hospitality is you can do it all over the world. So you get influence from those countries and those other bartenders and, you know, and distillers do the same thing and bringing, you know, different flavors and influences back to Australia, but kind of making it our own. It's something really special that Australia is second to none. And I also think we're perfectionists in this country, you know, <laughs> um, like, you know, living in Melbourne, we have this huge coffee scene, you know, and, and now Australia is known for our coffee, you know, so everything we do, I think we really do well. There's that McDonald's ad that's on at the moment and they talk a little bit and it's I, I watch it and think, oh, and then I'm like, oh, it's so true though because it talks about just how particular we are about our coffee and I'm like, you know what, we we, we are and we should be so really proud of that because we have discerning palates now and we actually care about where the beans are sourced from and if they're ethical and who's making the coffee and I think, like, I agree with you, it's something to, to be really proud of. So, you working at Gin Palace for over eight years, which is incredible. Um, and you've had some incredible accolades. Like 2018, you were named Time Out Melbourne Bartender of the Year. In 2018, you're also named Australian Bar Manager of the Year. And then the world completely changed in the next few years. Looking back, um, what do those accolades mean to you? And was that a big change for you to start looking? Well, like you said, you didn't look for a brand ambassador or the brand ambassador all came to you. But did those kind of um, tumultuous years have something to do with the change of thought in terms of career path? Well, look, so 20, yeah, I, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, I never really, like, applied for a job at a gym bar. That kind of came to me and I... The one thing, you know, that I've always been passionate about is like, if you're going to do something, do it properly or don't do it at all. <laughs> and so, you know, I really put so much love and care into, you know, always serving everyone that came into that bar. They spent time out of their day to get there. Maybe they traveled, maybe they got a cab and it cost them 50 bucks to get to that bar. They would come in, they would sit down, they might have to wait to get served, then they'd wait for their drink, then they'd spend a premium on a drink. Um, so anytime anyone was there, I really like felt like they were in my lounge room and I wanted to take care of them. Um, and so I think that's what, you know, gave me a lot of those accolades. You know, I don't know whether I'm, I was one of the best bartenders, but the one thing that I would say about myself is that I really do appreciate people's time, you know, and they're spending their time on you when they go to the, your bar. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of bartenders are really recognizing now that the pandemic pandemic is over, over and everyone like understands and has learned how to make drinks in their own home <laughs> um you know i think the espresso martini was the most googled cocktail of the year last year so people know how to make cocktails that you used to go to bars for so it's so great to see in the industry people you know really appreciating um the time of the of the customer um 
and yeah, I mean, we when I got my job, you know, we went into a pandemic shortly after. I, uh, you know, it was still a new world for me. This like corporate side, I suppose you'd say, of the liquor industry. Um, but you know, I still appreciated people's time, and we were like pivoting to doing you know virtual sessions online. Um, and some sessions we had up to five hundred people on there because everyone just wanted to have a good time and still connect with each other and log on with their friends and, you know. Uh, now I know how to use <laughs> things like Zoom. So it was a really good learning curve um, for me as well, coming from someone who used to just do everything over a bar. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's it's taught myself and certainly the world that you can still connect, you can still have a good time, and you can still have a bloody good drink. <laughs> and you can work it out together, so. I think, yeah, it's really true, isn't it, with the amount of Zooms that we did do over that time. I have to say, I think it's so smart of Fevertree to be able to utilize you because trying to break through that fourth wall to reach a lot of people, you really need lots of charisma and you need somebody that's passionate to really kind of break through and be able to to uh, do justice to the product that, that you're talking about. So I think that they've made such a smart decision in you and congratulations on the role. So tell me about Fever Tree. I know you are about to launch the brand new Distillers Cola, but tell me about what you fell in love with with Fever Tree, the products. Well, going back to that story about how I thought I didn't like gin because, you know, it was like cheap and poor quality mixes, uh, especially tonic. I think my first gin and tonic was on a post-mix gun and I was like hating on gin when it was the mixer the whole time. <laughs> so, um, so Fever Tree, when I tasted it, I remember this... Um, young lady uh, who worked for the distributor, um, South Trade International at the time, they just launched Fever Tree Indian Tonic um, in Australia and she comes into the bar and she's to the a gin bar, right? It's crazy, trying to sell me tonic. And I was just like, I was like, I don't want to try that. Tonic's gross kind of thing. And I, I remember reluctantly tasting Fever Tree and I was like, wow, wow. Tonic can be good. And I, it was literally the flavor. So the first thing that I fell in love with Fever Tree was the taste. And the taste is the most important thing. Um, and like I always say, whether you like it or you don't, you're right because you're you. <laughs> but I haven't come across anyone who hasn't found a Fever Tree flavor they they don't like. It's it's actually remarkable. Um, and then, you know, being a, a bartender who, you know, loves to educate themselves on different spirits, I was like, oh, I'm going to deep dive into tonic. And yeah, it was the quality of ingredients and, um, you know, ethically sourced ingredients that you touched on before uh, is really important. You know, um, uh, the co-founders, Tim and Charles, like work directly with farmers across the globe to get the best quality ingredients. But also, you know, um, it's fair trade. So that's something that, you know, touching on that coffee thing again, that's something that you see a lot when you go to, you know, your local cafe where it's, you know, fair trade, um, organic, etc. These are like buzzwords that you hear. And it's nice to know that there is a company who's making a tonic water who actually applies those things, uh, you know, paying farmers appropriately. Um, you know, to a mixer, like that's pretty crazy. So when I found that out, I was even more in awe and I couldn't wait to taste more of the range, but we only really got the Indian first up. Um, now, as the gin category and, and the mixer category um, or spirit category has evolved, 
Um, so do the mixes, you know, to kind of keep up uh, because the ethos of Fever Tree is that if three quarters of your drink is the mixer, mix it the best. <laughs> and it absolutely is the best. Um, so now I feel like there is one to kind of, you know, capture all of those different spirits and... Um, and the distiller's collar is the most exciting one, uh, which is coming out now. Um, just to give you a little bit of a background of why, <laughs> why cola, because um, I know there's a lot of people out there that always go, cola, why are you bringing out a cola for? Well, most spirits that are consumed on the planet are actually dark spirits. Most of those dark spirits are whiskey. Most of those mixed whiskies are actually with cola. And so it's kind of like, well, if we're gonna have the best tonic, the best sodas, the best ginger range, well, we should probably do a cola, right? Um, and so the distiller's cola came out to really mesh well with those uh, barrel-aged spirits. Um, we wanna harmonize, because we wanna be a mixer at the end of the day, where we're gonna complement those flavors. Um, and so when you look at Coca-Cola, which is a really great soft drink, you know, for the home, it's, it, you know, Kids love it. <laughs> They've got low sugar variants, and that's really great. Um, that company actually started as a medicine company in the 1800s, um, so it wasn't even designed to be a, a soft drink, let alone something to mix with spirits. Um, and so, though it is a great soft drink, we thought we can we can do something to to really amplify these spirits. And uh, the distiller's cola uses 11 ingredients: cola nut. Um, we get from the Caribbean. We also use pimento, uh, which is like this beautiful, like five spice flavor. We have Mexican Tahitian limes and Sicilian lemon, uh, and not to mention the Madagascan vanilla as well. So there's just a myriad of flavor that's gonna work with the influence that you get from oak uh, and aging spirits. And I tell you what, I've got to send you some because this is just absolutely divine. I think that Cola is such an interesting one and I can't even, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that kind of marketing, you know, brainstorming meeting because I think approaching the consumer group of rum and coke or whiskey and coke drinkers as opposed to gin and tonic drinkers must have been so fascinating in kind of looking at the research and then going, okay, how do we do this? But when you think about all the different flavors that go into a cola, it's a real amalgamation of pretty amazing um, spices and elements of sweetness but then has a bitter element like it, it really is a recipe for success I think so I'm so curious about it and I think yeah I think that that's like you said I know so many people that are will spend really hefty money on different spiced rums and always drink it with coke I can imagine that this is going to be a great market for for them that are going you know what we've tried all the different types of rum now let's try and with the different types of cola on the market too. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Are you after my job? <laughs> <laughs> no way. I, I would have no clue what I'm doing. I think you're doing an amazing job. But um, in terms of the other elements that you have as well, because you do have some sodas as well. I remember the day that Fever Tree hit the market. And I, again, too, it was the first um other tonic on the market ever and I couldn't believe it because I stopped drinking gin because of the sugar content of tonics and for a long time I wanted to 
create a product that was called uh, Gin and Sonic, which is mostly soda with a touch of tonic. And I was like, it's going to be genius because I just thought the sugar was so hefty and just, yeah, they would just yuck the tonics. And I never forget the f- first time I tried Fever Tree and I thought, oh my God, this is a revolution. And, and it was. So in terms of the other products, what are the ones that you kind of use on a day-to-day basis? Look, I love that uh, lower sugar thing. There is definitely a trend towards, you know, drinking better um, and healthier and more health conscious um, consumers. Um, so I really am in love with our soda range at the moment, even though I still love the Fever Tree tonics and we have some delicious variants in the low sugar range in that category our sodas are just incredible like you really get the full flavor of the botanicals um they're unapologetic and they are so easily mixed so um i would suggest one of our soda range i love a paloma because tequila is actually going through the roof at the moment everyone's so excited about that so we have this pink grapefruit soda which is just unlike anything else we get our grapefruits from florida they have this incredible rosy undertone to them which I just find so adult and so divine um and yeah low sugar so good on the lips and the hips I like to say only 30 calories per bottle and it's just that and a a white tequila um or even a gin is great um served in a highball glass maybe a salt rim if you want to make it pop just delish yeah great idea I've been drinking a lot of non-alcoholic drinks of late and um it is. It's so nice to have something. I mean, I have to say, I'm the normally the first thing out of my mouth is, oh, this screams for a bit of gin. This would be awesome. And then I'm like, no, stop it. But um, I think, I mean, I know that there's a lime in yuzu soda. I haven't tried that yet, but yuzu is one of my favorite flavors as well. So there's so many things, um, so many exciting things happening for you guys. And I, and I think, I'm re- like you said, the, the distiller's cola, I can't wait to see how it goes. But do you ever miss slinging drinks across a bar these days? Look, I really do. Um, It's something that I enjoy that it's mainly the face-to-face interacting with the customer, to be honest with you. Um, I'm really lucky that, you know, with Fever Tree, we do so many great events uh, with lots of different distillers across the country. So I am still engaging with, you know, different spirits I love and, and, and consumers. You know, it's not as frequent as I would like, but it's actually really nice to be on this side of the bar for a change where I can just go in and go to some of my favorite bars. And, you know, I actually always, this is my thing, okay, for when we go out together <laughs> sometime I always go to a bar most of them have fever tree because bartenders understand flavor so I'll sit at the bar and I'll order a gin and tonic while I'm deciding what I'm going to actually order <laughs> and I really do enjoy that um, yeah it's, it's really nice being on this side of the bar for a change for sure I completely agree with you. We're on the same page. I always say to people, they're like, you know, how do you navigate a wine list? What are you the first thing you do when you sit down? I'm like, get a drink, man. Get a drink. You need a drink. You need to sit back, relax, cheers. Look at the person you're actually sitting with or the bartender. Take it all in and have a drink first. And then you can start thinking about what you're eating and what you're drinking later on. But you need that first something, you know, something to sip on. Absolutely. And when you're with someone else at a bar, phone down, phone in bag, phone away, put your phone away, you know, take your, take your happy snap and then you can upload it to the gram later, but phones away, people. <laughs> 
so true. It's amazing how much I think, you know, like you can always get the photo later or I just think, yeah, like having a cheer, I, I want to bring back that cheers and look at the person that you're sitting with, cheers them in the eyes and have that moment just together because we've had three years of not being able to do it, you know? So it's so important now that we're present for five seconds, you know? Absolutely. So what do you love most about your role now with Fever Tree? What's not to love, you know, I just, there's just such a, a, well, pardon the pun, but thirst at the moment uh, for great quality mixes. And I feel like I'm just invited to all the cool parties now, you know, and bartenders want to see me like, come in, let's make some highballs together, you know, and that can be from any bar. Like I really cut my teeth in gin, but it's so nice being able to go to a whiskey bar or a rum bar. And, And I'm still learning all the time because when you sit down with one of those bartenders, you really get to like understand their world and how they feel and they they love to chat you know nerdy stuff which I really enjoy um it's actually really good um being able to even integrate into the wine world you know or beer world um you know people always like you know when when beer drinkers aren't drinking beer they're drinking like a nice refreshing long mixed drink um and you're still being able to hang out with like kind of all walks of and all palettes uh within the industry which is so nice and we're forever doing events and festivals um we did uh, we've done a couple of beautiful gin and tonic festivals which are really fun and you know there's just always something happening but it's really rare that I need to like you know chase down an event or a lead it's like people are constantly calling me and I really really love that so yeah it's just a, a brilliant job and a brilliant brand to work for because it's just limitless <laughs> I, I can imagine um that you know like you said festivals and uh, I think a lot of like you said, the corporate world, it, it, being on the cold face of um, customers and talking to people can be quite scary. But when we're in hospitality, it's what we thrive on. So festivals and, and just slinging drinks and talking to whoever comes up, you know, is kind of, you know, where our money maker is. And I, and I, I agree. I think that there, I love events and the excuse to get out and chat to people is just, you know, I feel where I thrive. And so it's so nice that that is still a part of your world. I wanted to ask though, do you get an opportunity to talk to other ambassadors? Because I, I imagine that it must be fascinating to hear the, the, the drinking culture and style of other countries and kind of where Fever Tree works in other countries and, and kind of compare that to Australia. Absolutely, yeah. So I stay really heavily connected to some of the other field tree ambassadors across the world and uh, it's just so wonderful. Like I think Australia used to be uh, following you know what the world was doing but now everyone's looking to us we honestly have some of the best bars in the world um the best restaurants in the world i think you know a lot of a lot of countries are now starting to look to us to what we're doing um so i definitely get more phone calls about what people should be doing than the other way around which was really unexpected to be honest um 
and I think most of my 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 dear friends are actually ambassadors in in spirit. So uh, I'm always talking to ambassadors and always collaborating and always seeing what's new, what's hot, what's happening. And do you know what's always new, hot, and happening? Fever tree mixes. I can't believe how many of them like just want to work with us. And um, and and it took me a long time to figure out why. I was like, oh, is it because we're friends? But it's actually because no, we make their spirits taste better. Um, and you know, two heads are always better than one. So it's just yeah, it's a really great place to be. Honestly, I couldn't have picked a better position to be in. Well, and they picked you. I can't believe you've never applied for a job. I don't. You know, that's pretty awesome. I can't say that interviews and the process of job hunting and um and going through that is the most pleasurable experience so i think that that says so much about you um trish if you could only drink three beverages for the rest of your life what would they be and why well funnily enough now a gin and tonic um gin and tonic is you know there's so many different flavor combinations so i feel like it might be cheating now i really love a good gin and tonic you know a classic juniper ford style of gin and our indian tonic it's just sharp punchy delicious uh, I'd probably say a martini as well as staying on the gin train. Um, martinis you cannot hide behind. So as long as it's nice and cold, use good quality ingredients, fresh vermouth. I know a lot of people, people love to leave their vermouth on the shelf for like six years and then wonder why their martini is terrible. Guys, after six weeks in the fridge, that needs to go in the bin <laughs> or down the sink. Um, but a good martini, um, gin forward, dry, twist, delicious. And last but not least, uh, probably my favorite cocktail is the margarita. Um, and there's also so many variants you can have on that. Um, you talked about our lime and yuzu soda before. So I like to make a skinny gal margarita where I use a white tequila. I do a salt rim of a tall glass, lots of good quality ice. And I top it off with the lime and yuzu soda and it's just absolutely delicious, but I'd settle for any delicious margarita, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, I'm so with you there. It's such a good drink, isn't it? And But they just disappear so fast. I know, it evaporates. What's with that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure I had somebody stealing my drink, but I'm alone. What's happening? <laughs> Jish, it's been so lovely to hear from you and hear more about Fever Tree. I mean, they certainly are popping up absolutely everywhere, which, you know, like I said, you said, it, it has a lot to do with the taste, but I also think... You know, their price point is really smart as well. It makes it accessible to be able to list the product um, and it works for the venue as well, which is a really, you know, maybe not a romantic idea, but actually really important in these days. So I think they're doing a great job and it's been really nice to hear more about you. I can't wait to um, pick your brains a little bit more about gin and uh, but hopefully over a double sometime, which I'm, I'm craving. It's been a long year without any gin in my life. So we need to fix that. Absolutely. And, you know, we always say that if three quarters of the drink is a mixer, mix it the best. And you are the best. So thank you so much for mixing with me today. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And like I said, I hope our paths cross. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Cheers to you. Thanks a lot. This is Over a Glass. I'm Shante Whale. Stay tuned for more stories from the world of wine and drinks. Listen in every Thursday on your podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at overaglasspod and contact us at overaglass at deepintheweeds.com.au.